It's the Odd Drunk Podcast, a very strange podcast, the drunkest show in the world. It's Jackson and Colton talking out of their ass. We don't care as long as drinks are poor. Sometimes we have our friends here. We will talk about anything. Anything. We don't care as long as we have And if you let that whiskey ring. The Odd Drunk Podcast. Hello and welcome back to the Odd Drunk Podcast. Um, it's been a long time. It's been a week. We we've been good. We we just we've been good about staying on track. Actually, um, yeah. The Colton is here. Yes. He's back. He um was I gone? He was gone the last couple episodes. That was just the AI. I, I'm I'm finally revealing it. I was I, I've been using an AI for a while. <laughs> yeah, he's he's uh, getting ready to replace <laughs> me. I put in my two week notice and he's looking for a replacement. Um, Anyways, I hope you guys enjoyed our video games and time episode. I really enjoyed making those. Yes, I we did 1989 last time. I forgot to share anything about it. I, I still got to do that. <laughs> that might help, but. I hope those who have listened to it enjoyed it because we enjoyed making it and we're definitely going to keep doing those. Honestly, we could quit this podcast, just do video games in time and then call it once you're out of years, I guess. Yeah. (laughs) But no, we really enjoy that series and, um, and there's some other series we do, you know, like catching up with comics. I really enjoy that. The album reviews, so if you're a music guy, comic book guy, video game guy, you got some options there. You know, I'm just plugging our podcast, but I'm just saying we got some good series. Yeah. Or at least fun ones. And you might learn something that, that you know, that's part of the goal. Uh, hopefully you learned something. That and was hope- never part of the goal for me. Well, I think we do a good <laughs> job, like bringing up facts yeah. and whatever. And maybe it wasn't part of your goal, but you're good at you're really good at like teaching uh, the history of things. It's like, maybe you should major in that or something. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> but um, anyways, today we've got an amazing topic. I'm so excited Yes. Uh, for this specific one topic. And <laughs> yeah, so we'll get into that pretty soon. But before we uh, start on the episode, I would like to ask Colton a question if he doesn't mind. I don't mind. Are you sure? Uh, yes. Okay. So what are you drinking today? I'm actually taking it pretty easy this week. Um, this might, might be, oh, I don't know if this is a first. I'm not drinking any alcohol tonight. Sober podcast. Sober tonight. I am drinking a CBD seltzer though. Uh, oh, uh, so you're, you're close. You're close. close to uh this is um embodied influence. Uh, but CBD for all it's 50 embody green milligrams of CBD and CBDA. It's pretty cool. It's pretty good, pretty good um and thing. And I've also yeah. I've also got some ginger beer, which uh if for I those listening, want some uh CBD doesn't have any kind of um psychedelic well not psychedelic just a sensory effects it's um it's it's just calming yeah is a good way to it's it's like it's like if you had pot but like your it didn't affect your mind just affected your body yeah exactly that that's that's a good way to explain um so i i I decided to try one of these we saw them at work and i was like oh get that i definitely didn't have cbd earlier The other three letter one, but um, I am drinking what I'm drinking. Um, otherwise, is uh, 19 Crimes Cali Red. Oh, nice. Uh, Snoop Dogg's Winery, and it's pretty decent stuff. It's not anything to write home about, but it's better than a lot of. Uh, how much was this one like? I think it was like 14, 15 bucks. It's pretty good for a $15 bottle yeah, nine, of wine. 19 crabs for the price is, is not bad. 
Yeah, I I I think they do have a. I think he does. I think Snoop Dogg does have like a more of a top shelf uh, line in his uh, selection, but I I haven't seen it that often. But um, another real popular line people have been going nuts about lately. Well, there actually there's a couple California bubble or no California foot or what is it called? What? It's California something. I don't know. It has a foot on it. And then there is a topic red. No, not barefoot. <laughs> uh, oh yeah, uh, it is barefoot. There oh. is barefoot and then there's cal there's California bubbly or what the fuck is it called? I don't know. And then apophic red. Which okay, I yeah. have had one of those on the podcast, and that's uh, definitely a popular one. Apothic is okay. Barefoot shit. Oh yeah, but it's um, popular. Oh yeah, that's all I'm popular. saying. It's but it's also there's shit. a lot of shitty drinks that are popular. I've learned. Uh, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I um, have, have sold. I have sold more Crown Royal than I ever have in my life. Um. Which isn't saying a lot because I've never sold Crown Royal before, but that's still yeah. too much Crown Royal to sell. Yeah, I think Crown Royal is shit <laughs> it's and bad uh, blended whiskeys. Why? And I what's the point? Well, I, they blended whiskeys can be okay. Tin cup is a blended whiskey. My problem. Oh, with, is it okay? Yeah, my problem with Canadian Miss is that Canadian whiskey is shit. And well, Canadian Mist or Canadian Mist, Crown Royal, yeah, yeah, Crown Royal is that my problem with it is that Canadian whiskeys in general are shit. We're sorry, Canada. We, not, we've already discussed. I'm not, I'm not sorry. Canadian whiskeys I'm are sorry shit. because I know you would be sorry as Canadians. Um, Canadian <laughs> um, whiskeys for are our Canadian shit. listeners, uh, and don't Crown listen to Colin. Hey, pretends, you can like Crown Royale. You can it like it. Pretends like they it's don't. like it's a high end or mid range whiskey, and it's not. It's branded that way, but it's dirt cheap. It's one of the cheapest ones you can bottom shelf whiskeys. Um, and a lot of people have been drinking Pinnacle vodka. Another thing I don't understand. They've been mm-hmm. drinking. Well, obviously Smirnoff, but I get it. Smirnoff's kind of ubiquitous. It's not any better than most of the other one, the lower shelves no, ones. Smirnoff's but shit. It's there's ubiquitous. Better, there's it's better, Smirnoff. Much better vodkas in the same price range than Smirnoff. Hell, I think Pinnacle's slightly better, actually. Well, I really could take it or leave it with any vodka of that tier. But um Monopoly. Svedka is pretty good. Svedka, yeah. Yeah. I yeah. <laughs> I think I give Smirnoff a well, I don't give it a break, but I think I get it when people buy it. It's like one of the top, I mean, one of the main most popular vodkas in the United States has all the flavors and everything. And flavored vodka. That's another thing. Mm-hmm. Trust me, we've had we've had blueberry vodka here, but not because we bought it. We won it and trivia competitions. Yeah. Um, but uh, not something I seek out. And it's not that I'm just a pretentious alcoholic. I just like things that I, I like getting my money's worth. I rather get a more expensive thing that can last me longer. And that's I enjoy and I can sip on like bamboo rum. I always get that plantation. Yeah. Uh, if I get a whiskey, if I want like a mid whiskey, I get Maker's Mark. Which is okay, but <laughs> yeah, Maker's Mark is. Yeah, I have some four like roses the, like in, my, in my cabinet. Four roses, right now, yes, four um, roses, which I'm not drinking but, tonight, but uh, <laughs> you know, it's decent for the price. M- maybe some people just want to get fucked up, but most people do. I mean, most that's what people I've learned is a liquor, liquor store to get fucked up. A lot of people, um. They don't care about the quality. They, they just drink care if it gets to get drunk. drunk. Yeah, exactly. And I, I've met people who like they make a big deal. They make a big fuss in the store about the difference between ninety proof and a hundred proof. Oh, <laughs> like they'll be like, "Do you have the?" Because they'll want the arrow peppermint schnapps because that's a hundred proof. 
and they'll say, oh, so that's a you, popular drink. Yeah. And I'll say like, do you, do you, do you, they'll ask for that. And I'll say, no, but we have this Mr. Boston, it's 90 proof and it's pretty damn cheap. Um, and they'll make a, they'll make a deal out of it. They'll be like, no, I, I want the hundred proof. And I'm like, trust me, you won't notice. Trust me. Like, you're you're going to get yeah. drunk anyway. <laughs> you're going to get drunk, like maybe 5% faster, you know? Yeah. But, um, let's make a pact. I know you're trying, are you trying to go sober? And that's fine. Uh, for a little are you bit. just taking breaks I'm, I'm taking a break taking a little break yeah that's good i've been taking a break from beer I, i've cut beer out mostly just for the. i'm trying i'm basically what i'm calories. doing is i'm trying to get to the point where i only have a few beers a week i just and, i well i have you know, beers when and, i go out that's my rule i can have it if i go out like one or two mm -hmm. but i don't have any in the apartment yeah so because let's let's talk about it me and Colton, we can, and this isn't bragging or anything, but like we could easily drink a six pack in one night mm -hmm. and that's normal. That's actually not going that crazy. Yeah. Um, and that's bad for a lot of reasons. Uh, your liver, you're getting drunk all the time, but all and hangovers, but also it's a lot of calories and I, that's it. So I cut it out for a lot of reasons, but um, I'm, I feel, you feel better after, I mean, trust me, we love beer. I mean, yeah, uh, we drink it all the time for this pot. In, fa in fact, uh, one of the, I guess, bad things about the show is it did make us drink even more, I feel like, but, um, <laughs> but we love beer, but we got to take, I, I think it's good. We're both taking break. We do every yeah. year. We've, we've done it in the past, actually. Um, yeah. I, I want to, I want to kind of get to the point where I'm only drinking, you know, two, maybe three drinks a week at all. Um, wow. Like maybe I have a drink on the podcast and I have a drink at, if I go out to eat, but before I do that, I want to prove to myself that I can go one or two months totally sober, honestly. Oh, wow. Um, Good so, for you. And then, that... and then once I've proven myself I can do that, then I might ease back into, okay, I'll have a beer on the podcast. I'll have a glass of wine with dinner, um, you know, once or hey. twice a week. But um, for now, I guess non-alcoholic <laughs> beers. We can't change the name, though. It's I too gonna... far in. No, Sorry. no, no. We won't change the name. Uh, I will probably, I mean, I'll be drinking like non-alcoholic beers and shit like that, too, which are getting pretty cool. You can days. give us reviews on those. <laughs> yep. anyways that, that's that. so i like that um but hopefully i mean hey if you go completely code turkey if you're like i don't need it anymore then more power to you yeah but i will miss <laughs> having a drink with you just saying oh yeah but anyways I mean, in the future i'm not gonna yeah yeah myself to like i'm never allowed to have a drink if we go sober long enough we just change it to the odd sober podcast. <laughs> yes <laughs> yeah you know uh it would have to be like a hundred episodes in though to do yeah. that. It would have to be a long sober. So but for anyways, for, a, for a bit here, I'm gonna be drinking like non-alcoholic stuff on the show. That'll be a fun bit. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, let's get <laughs> into the topic. And we're gonna do something fun uh on this one. We, we I don't think we've ever done this before. Uh we're gonna do a little countdown. I'm gonna, we're going to count down from three. So three, two, one. Then we say our topic. <laughs> okay. Wait, wait, wait. Um, so we're, we're saying the topic first and then doing it? Or do no, you want to get into it and then after a few minutes we'll, we'll review Let's it. just... Three, two, one. Announce topic. Silly Lamps. history. <laughs> what? Wow, I, I I'm so excited to talk about lamps, lamps, uh, <laughs> tonight on this episode. Um, now what did you say? Could you repeat? Uh, I said silly history. I I just got a bunch of silly facts about history. So wow, I love silly stories. I love I love lamp stories. Yeah, I love it. Um, yeah, lamps. Yeah, lamps are silly, aren't they? They can be. You can have lava lamps. That's pretty silly. Yeah. 
I love lava lamps. Are the ones that it's like a electric ball set? Is that a lamp? I don't know. We're gonna find out. So yeah, we're <laughs> we're <laughs> we're talking about lamps. So what? I'll let you start start us out here. Um, yeah. What's just a fun land fact or anecdote that you have? Yeah. So I I just wanted uh, the first one that I I found here is is pretty funny it's about the uh, 1904 summer olympics in st louis uh uh and uh the specifically the men's marathon uh because it's the funniest uh i think marathon ever to happen um out of 32 athletes only 14 finished the winner was disqualified later because it was discovered he had hitched a ride in a car the second place guy, who was the actual winner, uh, was near collapse and hallucinating by the end of the race because his, Ooh, he I've was, never seen a lamp hallucinate. Uh, given brandy, raw eggs, and strychnine, uh, 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 basically rat poison, uh, by his trainers. And the fourth place finisher took a nap in the middle of the race. That's that's pretty good. Um... <laughs> So how many lamps won the race? Uh, only 14 lamps finished. Only 14. Um, oh, okay. Well, just that that's a cool story. Um, so lamp are a device producing illumination, originally a vessel containing a wick soaked in combustible material, and subsequently other light-producing instruments as gas and electric lamps. Uh, it was invented as early as 70,000 BC, and it originally consisted of hollowed-out rock filled with moss or some other material soaked with animal fat, ignited. You just light something that's flammable and a rock. And that was the first lamp. Um, yeah, speak, speaking of flammable stuff. Yeah. Um, here's a fun story about Actually, cobras. I wrote a... <laughs> I, yeah, I wrote a great <laughs> essay about lamps uh, earlier, so well, I'll read that to you. But tell um, us about lamps. Yeah, uh, so uh, there. Back in Brit, here's another fun, silly thing. Uh, this back is a in top idea. This was yes. Back uh, when the British lamps ruled, uh, were colonizing India, they uh, there was a problem with cobras. Uh, they were all over the place. They're a pest. So the British put Lamps out... all over the place? Bounties. I bet it was bright. They, they put out bounties on them and said, uh, if you kill them and bring bring them and show this, you're killing them, we'll pay you. But it turned out what? that, the, that the, the the reward for killing them was, was more than it cost to breed them. So people started oh. breeding cobras. So they started building to, more lamps to collect the bounty. And then the British realized what were happening mm. and called it off and said, okay, no more bounty. So everyone had all these cobras that they had been breeding and they released them because they had nothing to do with them. Uh, and it ended up being more cobras than they started with. That's, and there is, um, uh, there's a, it, it this kind of led to a, a term uh which is it's called per, perverse incentive which is the idea of an incentive that uh, results in the opposite desired effect cuz the people find out they could make more money yeah this this was the british wanted less creating cobras, so they made an incentive yeah. to get rid of cobras but this incentive resulted in more cobras well that's <laughs> a lot of lamps uh, uh so in the mediterranean area you know of it right i'm aware of it in the middle east yeah we all know what the middle east is and what it is depicted as i'm just gonna leave it what there. it's depicted um, as at least yeah yeah um so the earliest lamp had a shell shape originally actual shells were used with sections cut out to provide space for lighting area. L- later, they were replaced with pottery, alabaster, and metal lamps uh, shaped to resemble their natural prototypes. Uh, another basic early lamp was found in ancient Egypt and China. It was a saucer lamp made of pottery br- bronze and was sometimes 
provided with spike in the center um, to support the wick. Uh, another version had a wick channel, which allowed the burning surface of the wick to hang over the edge. Ladder type became uh, common in Africa and East Asia. But ancient Greece was late to the game on lamps, um, which is weird, right? Yeah. It's actually quite surprising that it would take them that long to figure out lamps when, you know, we know what the Greece are known for. We know what the depictions show. Yeah. Yeah. Those Greeks. (laughs) (laughs) Classical art, statues, architecture. Yeah, the Greeks. Um, So every word. So even though lamps, they didn't appear until 7th century BC in ancient Greece. And um, lamp is derived from Greek lampus or lampus. I don't know how they pronounce it, uh, which means torch. The pottery version of the Greek lamp was shaped like a shallow cup. One or more spouts or nozzles in which the wick burned. Uh, so yeah, it's uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> lamps have been around a long time. Uh, of course, the Romans had them. Yeah, and the, of course, the, Roman, the Romans, Romans have them. Yeah, the um, you know, the, every, like everybody, Romans has Ro- them. Romans just did everything. They uh, did everything uh, before before <laughs> we did. There's there's a fun story. I mean, they they even had um, you know, soap opera type drama. There's a fun a fun story about Julius Caesar. Uh, he was in the Senate, and he was d- delivered a note by like a courier, and it was a personal note, and every and everyone was like. Julius, we we want you to we want you to read that out loud for us, whatever your note is. And he didn't want to. And um, uh, his one of his rivals, Sato, was like, Julius, you, you're in the Senate. You got to read that that note out loud. And and he finally was like, okay. And it was a letter from of Sato's half sister, who was Julius's lover. <laughs> oh wow! It was so like a love so note. <laughs> um, imagine this. Uh, just going off topic here. I know we're focusing on lamps, but just mm-hmm. going off topic. Um, I, we haven't had any tangents this episode. We've been on lamps the whole time. That's crazy. Yeah. Uh, but my first tangent, I guess, would be that um, they should make, imagine the office, but it's ancient Rome and the boss is Caesar. Dwight is, I don't know, uh, <laughs> Brutus. <laughs> That'd be pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> same actors, same cast. Yeah. Yeah. But um, so the Romans introduced a new system of manufacturing terracotta lamps using two molds and then joining the parts together. Metal, the shapes became more complex, sometimes assuming animal or vegetable forms. They made vegetable lamps before we did. Broccoli lamp. <laughs> um, very large broccoli. versions were used in circuses and other public places uh, during the first century. Um, C. C. Um, do you know anything about medieval lamps? Um, funny you should say that. Because, oh, cool. Um, this is just a quick, quick thing I found uh, on a, on a Reddit uh, a Reddit thread of silly history stuff um henry the second of champagne um he was the uh he was crowned king of jerusalem in 1192 and uh he ruled for a he he was king of jerusalem for a whole uh five years uh, until he died uh but uh guess how he died how did he die he fell out of Is a window. lamp related? No, um, he fell out of a window that was one story high. <laughs> and uh, different he deserved ac- to die. And, and he and his servant fell out of the window with him. On his servant, who was a little person, he died. Um, uh, I don't know if the servant died, uh, but the, there's two accounts of how mm. this happened. Either he was leaning on the uh, the lattice uh, on the and it fell Fucking and it idiot. broke 
or he tripped over his what? little person servant and fell out the window. What? What is this king's name? Um, uh, Henry Champagne? the Second of Champagne. Henry the Second of or Champagne. Henry the First of France. Jerusalem. Is he from France? Yeah, he is French, but he was king of French. Jerusalem in eleven ninety. Probably because um, of the, probably because of the Crusades. I think you're a fucking moron. Anyways, yeah. or maybe just the most unlucky king. Just no, fell, he's still not the most unlucky just king. Fell out of a window, um, and it's said that he, uh, it was one story high. Well, just basically fell well, out one the second story, story of a. Of a building and died. One, I don't know what one story was considered back then, but isn't it like 14, 15 feet? Or is it a little less than that? Less than that. Like 10, 10 feet? Yeah. I mean, you could That's hit your enough. Head. If, if you could hit your head. Yeah, if you, fell, if you fell right on your head or something or broke your neck, that, that could do it, definitely. Um, the fall from standing height can do that if you fall on your neck the right way. Yeah. The more you know. Anyways, uh, very little information is available about medieval lamps. It would appear that such as existed, uh, possibly open saucer type, considerably inferior to performance to the lamps of the Romans. Of course, uh, the great step forward in evolution of lamp occurred in Europe in the 18th century. Introduction of the central burner emerging from a closed container through a metal tube. Um, And then... Vegetable oils oils would be used in the 18th century, such as all, olive oil, and they would also use tallow, beeswax, fish oil, and most famously, or quite infamously, whale oil mm. to burn lamps, um, which uh, played dishonored. If you want whale owner, I mean whale oil steampunk, well, whale oil punk, that's basically what it is. <laughs> dishonored. Yeah. um it's a a good game Uh, one of the best games of 2012 um so when they first started drilling for oil uh 1859 i forgot it was that early the kerosene lamp became popular uh, in britain and then coal gas and natural gas would take you know they would come to wide use as early as 1784 um a thermal a thermo lamp using gas distilled from wood was patented in 1799. The first gas lamp, 1799. Um, you know, it makes sense that we've put so much thought into lamps as a society, because hey, we need to see at night. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> it's pretty. We silly. don't have any kind of night vision. It's silly, but it's also so important. Everything yeah. is lit now. I have a lamp behind me lighting this room. So do I have you. I have a lamp. Uh uh <laughs> I have a Millennium Falcon lamp. Here's a question. I'm gonna start going off topic because I think we're coming to the end of where we can actually keep this bit up. <laughs> but no, I have the bits. It's fine. I, um, I, I have an essay. Oh yeah. Uh, but <laughs> let's see. So I, have do a, the essay? I have a question for you. I have a question for you. Okay. So I, have, I have a bunch of string lights up here in my room. Are those lamps? <laughs> let's get into that. So are, let's see. Because um, the, you know, these are string lights, like they're the bulb lights. Is that considered a lamp? Is a light bulb a lamp? No, no, but they're they're the little are bulb lights on a string. Multiple. They're, like, they're a light fixture. Is any light fixture? That operates similarly to a lamp, considered a lamp, where it has a casing. I think is um, yeah. Philosophically, important... what is a lamp? Like, well, fla- like we all know. I a thought lamp you were going lamp. off topic, but anyways, flashlights. Well, what I, what I mean is, in a lamp, I'm, it's a torch. I'm kind of giving up on the whole bit. Of... <laughs> no, yeah. What bit? What are you talking about? Um, what are you talking about? But yeah, philosophically, what is lamp? You're giving up on the bit, but yeah. there's no bit. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> I don't know what to do here. I'm just going to keep going. Is that fine? Um, <laughs> yeah. Anyways, um, 
we like playing around with AI. I'm not going to act like I wrote this. That's stupid. There's no <laughs> world where I get home, write a college level essay in two hours. Okay, I have. Um, but I yeah. it's not due. There's I'm not going to fail. Anyways, you've written two hour essays, right? Oh, yes. Easy. Yes. Well, not easy. Very stressful. But I still end up getting at least a B, you know. Uh, but anyways, what's the lowest grade you've ever had in college? Besides zeros, zeros don't count. That's in a debatable. On a, on something you actually did. Yeah, something you actually did and put effort into. Or do you want to talk about your highest grade? If you want to be more positive. <laughs> My highest grade I, is I, a 100. You didn't get extra, none of your classes offered extra credit. Well, I don't know. You count extra credit. Maybe credit. I don't know. I got a one. Well, I guess if I got a one hundred on an essay one time. If you don't count extra credit, yes, the highest grade I have received is a one hundred. But if you count extra credit, and this is outside of college, so it definitely really doesn't count because some high schools teachers offer so much extra credit just so they can look good on their quota uh, because of your teachers failing all the time. Uh, yeah. You know, that doesn't look good, but um, the highest grade I ever received in high school was 257 out of a hundred because of extra credit. And I huh. literally passed that. It was my um, AP uh, geometry and, trigonometry class and um i used to be terrible at math absolutely yeah. terrible uh and this is a huge tangent from our lamp topic but um <laughs> used to be terrible but i started getting at least while i was in school once i stopped doing math uh especially let me just get into it when i started taking physics courses that's when math started making sense because it was applied to something real. You know, it was something tangible. I could visualize it. I could understand it. it wasn't just numbers. So like a very simple physics question, solve for the velocity of an object uh, traveling from point A to point B. Yeah. Um, and you take velocity equals distance over time. And that just clicked with me. I don't know. Uh, I know you're you're not taking any shots, but I feel obligated that I must because I've. I don't have any shots nearby. I'm just gonna take a drink because I've gone on some tangents. Yeah, some lampjins. You could Lam say lampjins. Lampjins. <laughs> Anyways, and continue with your facts too. Um, yeah, yeah. I'm enjoying your facts. I, I really am. Uh, well, well, here, here's here's one for you. Yeah, give me a lamp. I mean, so yeah. you're you're familiar with you know Archduke Franz Ferdinand. Of um, course, he got yeah. shot. Yeah the 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 hit the hit band started World War Two one with, with the band with hits like "Take Me Out" and uh, oh yes, the band. Um, no. Uh, no, but yeah, he he really uh, elevated dance rock. He was you yeah, know that, he but you know he was good. shot. But but here's here's the interesting. This is what they don't they don't tell you in history. If you take like a high school history class, is how silly his assassination was, because you know there was the parade and the car blew up, but that did not succeed. The first assassination attempt was a failure. The assassin threw a grenade into the into a car, but got the wrong car. Didn't even oh, know, didn't know that there was a um a a 10 second timer on the grenade, so it didn't go off right at first. He took a cyanide capsule, which didn't work, and then he tried to escape and by jumping into a ditch that was a lot smaller than he thought it was. <laughs> um, so he failed, and then so Arch the transferred and he got away. Jeez. And and he was shot later that day because another one of the assassins. <laughs> went to go get a sandwich and saw him at the, by the sandwich shop. 
Really? And that's where that's how Frandenen him. got killed. Yeah, the the that's what the, started World War One. Are you they, serious? Yeah, they they in history textbooks and stuff. They just say that he was assassinated. They don't tell you how silly it was. That is pretty silly, if yeah. you ask me. Um, I mean, World War One wasn't silly. No, <laughs> no, <laughs> no, <laughs> definitely. Uh, watch. Uh, I recommend watching 1917. It's a recent um, film about World War One. I. I forgot. Let's see who directed it. Just because it's such a good movie. Are there any lamps in the movie? There's so many lamps. I you know I freaked out as a lamp fan. Um, directed by Sam Mendes, but yeah, it's a uh, feels like a Nolan movie, kind of, kind of like a Dunkirk, but it's good. It, it's like filmed like it's all in one shot uh, nice. from the perspective of a British soldier. Anyways, and they did carry a lamp. Um, indeed, they carried a lamp. Um, so title of uh, my essay, Chap GPT's essay, Illuminating Insights, Exploring the Evolution, cult- Cultural Significance, and Technological advancements and lamps and lamp related topics <laughs> um abstract this thesis delves into the multifaceted world of lamps and lamp related topics tracing their historical evolution cultural significance and technological advancements lamps as lighting devices have played a pivotal role in human history influencing art architecture and so societal development to be honest to be real with you i think this is just an essay that the ai just took from somebody this feels like something (laughs) someone would write just to be it's like your professor gives you one of those challenge uh assignments where it's it's like the first week and they're like oh write a brief essay on your favorite uh movie or whatever you've had that right yeah it seems like this. It's like, let's write this crazy big essay about lamps just to uh, prove to the professor I'm an excellent student. I don't know. Anyways, it seems that way. Uh, anyways, this comprehensive exploration provides holistic understanding of lamps from their ancient origins to contemporary innovations, shedding light on their impact on various aspects of human life. And then you get the uh, bibliography. <laughs> you get the uh, different sections. I forget what it's called when it has the different sections, the different chapters. What's that called? The what? library? What? When your essay, you have the bibliography, but you also have an outline of your sections. Oh. Uh, a, uh, I don't know. An outline? <laughs> Yeah. Well, I know that um, those can be useful, though, because you can jump to the um, section you really want to learn about. Anyways. Can I am I reading this whole thing? You can a good little chunk here. Okay, (laughs) you just make fun comments on it. uh, Fun, sober comments. Anyways, by tracing the historical journey of lamps, Examining their cultural significance and analyzing technological advancement. It repeats the same thing over and over, which a lot of essay writers do <laughs> to get that word count. I was guilty of it a couple times. Um, those were my worst essays where I restated the thesis. And they do tell you to restate the thesis throughout um, your paper. Yeah, you always just to you really, you you should, know, to really hammer but... it in. But There's a way you to don't, do it and a way not to do it, though. Doing it at the beginning of every section. Yeah. And <laughs> not going to bode well. What, what, Anyways, um, what they really mean when they see restate your thesis is to remind your reader of what you're talking about. Yeah. Don't I just don't, beat them over the head don't with your actually thesis. just outright restate the thesis <laughs> throughout the paper. <laughs> unless yeah. like it really flows naturally <laughs> right <laughs> it never flows naturally uh anyways um okay uh yeah, um, chapter two hold on well before you 
Get okay. Chapter two it reminds me of a of a lamp related story. I thought would be pretty fun to uh, mention. Have you ever lamps. have you ever heard about the capture of Guam during the Spanish American War? Um. Yes, uh, that was a very um, fucked up war. Honestly, yeah, uh, but the capture of Guam wasn't. <laughs> Um, so Guam was a Spanish was a Spanish um, colony, and mm-hmm. when America went to war with Spain, uh, Guam was not informed. And this is the 1890s, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, Guam yeah. was not informed um, about that. So, and in fact, actually, uh, we we from what we know, the last. Um, instructions or report that Guam received from the actual Spanish military from Spain was a whole month before the war even began. Um, so when uh, the uh, the USS Charleston uh, sailed over to Guam to capture the island, um, they sailed up and uh, launched some warning shots over the fort. Uh, the soldiers in, in the fort did not know they were warning shots, did not think they were aggressive. They thought they would, they were just being playful. So they sailed out and <laughs> greeted them and, uh, and were informed by the Americans that they were in fact at war with America. <laughs> and, uh, oh. and then they surrendered the fort. <laughs> Um, Whoops! Not a sing. Not not anyone died, as far as I know. Um, Big stick and, policy. Yeah. Uh, the, the other the other just little fact. I'm gonna I'm gonna play this one now because it's really quick. I love little facts, and it's it's related to um, uh, no one dying. <laughs> um, I'm glad no one died. Hold on. Let me. I can I get to chapter two. Yeah, yeah. Um, Already have it. No, I lost it. Never mind. Okay, well, you find it. Chapter two is a pretty short chapter. Okay. Don't worry about it. Chapter two, historical evolution of lamps. 2.1, prehistoric light sources, uh, fire and early illumination. The history of lamps can be traced back to prehistoric times when early humans harnessed fire as a source of light and warmth. These primitive light sources pave the way for the development of more sophisticated lighting solutions. Hey, I love lighting solutions. Uh, leading to the creation of rudimentary lamps using materials such as hollowed out stones, shells, and animal fats. We talked about that. Um, to put two ancient lamps, oil lamps, and Mesopotamia, Greece, and Rome. Ancient civilizations of Mesopotamia, Greece, and Rome. That's repetition. Come on. A- anyways. Introduce significant advancements and lamp. And I've read essays like this. Like when the teacher, when the professor has you um, grade each other's essays. I've got a couple people that had essays pretty similar to this where repetition, repetition, thesis, thesis, thesis. And it just ruins the essay. Um, Have you ever been harsh with anyone? When you grade their essay? What? I'm not harsh, but critical like very fair and critical oh yeah 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 me too i i wasn't trying to be a dick i was actually trying to really help this person um but you know get a good grade so and you know it's funny when you have that kind of person and let me tell you about a story here about the situation i miss college anyways about this situation um I was in my art history class, art history two. Mm-hmm. And, um, which honestly, uh, did you ever take art history? No, because I'm not, I'm not lame. Take well, they are very, they're very rewarding history classes because you get to analyze art and learn about art throughout history. It's great. Um, it's we, like we, the we did, we did in some, in one of, in a couple of my classes, my American history classes, the professor is really into art, art history. So he did yeah. at different times take a day to have us look at um, art from the... Dr. From Fry? We 
uh, Dr. Kinker. Oh, Kink. Oh, yeah. I remember yeah. he did that kind of thing. Um, Fry did it every once in a while, at least the classes I took him in. Yeah. Um, or he would put up art just as like a backdrop to what he's talking about. Yeah. Or like the map of the times. I loved when he did that. Yeah. Um, but anyways, it was an art history too. And our teacher asked us to analyze a piece of art. And she said it could be anything. It could be a, a video game cover. It could be an album cover. It could be agents. It could be anything. Just any kind of visual art. And um, I uh, picked a Spider-Man comic uh, cover. One of the most iconic Todd McFarlane covers. Uh-huh. Sp- Spider-Man's uh, like crouched down, menacing looking, super muscled up because that's what Todd McFarlane started, that extreme art style in the 90s. Yeah. Everything was extreme in the 90s. <laughs> um, but I analyzed that and I even compared it to the first appearance of Spider-Man that Steve Ditko drew and I said you know there's nothing better about either of these um, depictions of Spider-Man they're just in different mediums different art styles and they're both as relevant they're both as, as iconic and um you know, yeah, Todd McFarlane is more reminiscent of the way he details muscles is more reminiscent of like a classic Greek sculpture. That's mm-hmm. how he drew his characters, just muscle upon muscles that showed every detail, skin tight suits. But then Steve Dick Steve Dicko is more reminiscent of um more flat but um bolder artwork, you know modernist stuff or even medieval art um anyways i could go on about my essay itself but we had one of those um uh, like grading uh, not grading things but a partner essay checklist or whatever they called it the critique yeah yeah the review essay review day and um so my partner his essay was on a really cool painting i believe it, he went just like he didn't do anything different really i mean he he did um the last supper oh he, he didn't really care so he just picked the last supper which is an amazing amazing painting yeah michelangelo right yeah was a da vinci no, I think it's Michelangelo. Michelangelo. Yeah. Now I got it. I'm pretty sure it's Michelangelo. Let me double check. Hold on. We have to now. Um, no, it's it is Da Vinci. Oh, oh it, wow, it was Da Vinci. Yeah. Okay, sorry, Da Vinci. Um, iconic painting, one of the most classic Renaissance artworks. You know, along there with uh, the. Vatican, you know, the Mona Lisa, you know, stuff like yeah. that. But he wrote his about that. And um I read his essay and it, you know, it focused it had the facts. It, it was he at least from what I read, he had everything cited. He had every, you know, he definitely did his research. But the flow of the essay and the actual thesis, the thesis was nothing. This thesis was essentially, you know, just stating how, oh, this art is really great and it's very indicative of this and this. But he didn't go and oh. he he, he folk basically he did a stilted version of a history essay on an essay that's supposed to also be about the composition of the art. He barely mentioned anything about the actual composition, right? And and the history that he mentioned was very baseline yeah. and very rep- re- very repetitive with the thesis and but it definitely had the groundworks like if you just turned it in as is you'd maybe get a C it, yeah. it still was a rewarding essay it just was stilted I think that's a good way to describe it very stilted and then my essay I poured my heart into it 
I was super into the topic, of course, Spider Man, Spider Man, yeah, um, and Todd McFarlane. Uh, but mine, I played it a little looser, actually. I definitely, I well, obviously, I included all the necessary um, facts about the art's composition and like my opinions on it and uh, the history of it, you know. But I, I wrote it in a little bit more casual flow. Yeah, um, it was just. It had a good flow. It was. Uh, it didn't feel like I was talking at you, but I was talking with you, talking with the reader. You know, I think that's very important when you write an essay. You want the reader to feel like they're not being patronized. Oh yeah, no. You, pro, pros uh, and how pro, how you how you word stuff is really important. I say I don't mean just like in being clear and concise, but I mean making the reader want to read what they're mm-hmm. reading like that's well yeah well yeah, i've read, also, yeah, I've read using... so many i've read so many essays from other students and stuff where i'm just like you didn't want to keep reading it this is boring but you had to <laughs> i'm like this is i'm like i'm like i'm sure you'll get a decent enough grade but but i'm not gonna sit here and say this is like good <laughs> like yeah it checks I mean... off all the boxes it'll please the professor but if i was if a professor it. assigned this as a read, I would have been like, this is a boring ass fucking paper, like article that we're reading. Don't you love it when your professor says, Hey, I really enjoyed reading your essay, uh, a plus 98. Yeah. Or something. I, I wrote an entire, I did an entire project in an ancient Rome history course. Uh, and I, I chose the topic completely around how can I fit a Monty Python reference into this. Well, and, and our particular history professor was totally into Monty yeah, Python references. And, and, I, and I, my reference was in the title. Um, and he, uh, in his notes, pointed out another spot in my essay. He put a note on the margin that said, you could have fit a Monty Python reference here. He's like, you missed the opportunity here. It's just their last names. They're public figures, right? Kind of yeah. professors. Yeah. Dr. Dr. Martin. Martin was an awesome professor. And if you happen to be listening to this to two idiots that do not have PhDs, um, thanks for listening. And um, you were a fun, a great professor. Anyways, I loved your bow ties. Yes. Insert. I found that fact. Monty Python reference. Uh, I was looking for. If it's a witch. I I found the fact I was looking for. uh, During Liechtenstein's last military engagement in 1886, none of the 80 soldiers sent were injured. In fact, they returned with 81. (laughs) Oh, they got an extra uh, soldier. They returned with an extra guy. Nice. That's that's cool. Anyways, moving on to chapter 2.3, Medieval and Renaissance Lighting Innovations. So the mid- Middle Ages saw a continuation of oil lamps, uh, multiple wicks. They had suspended, suspended lamps in cathedrals, you know, chandeliers. Yeah. Um, that was a big thing in the Medieval Ages. And then the Renaissance, uh, they, you know, the artisans, of course, developed glass blowing techniques. Yeah, we're, you always see a glass blower at the Renaissance Fair. Yeah, it's a big thing. Uh, the cor- incorporation of colored glass and ornate patterns, so you would get the stained glass. I love stained glass windows. I know oh, you're not beautiful. religious, Colton, but like when you go into a chapel, especially like an old one. I've like, been in some beautiful like one in Europe or chapels and stuff. Yeah, I'll tell you. Uh, in Santa Fe, you should visit this. Um, let me get the right name for the chapel because I, I can't quite remember. Yeah, the Loretto Chapel in Santa Fe. Um, it's It will definitely remind you of those a bit smaller uh, European chapels. Um. Yeah, just look up the Loretto Chapel. It's beautiful. 
it's it was my favorite part about visiting Santa Fe, that and the burritos. But um, yeah, Loretto Chapel, a very beautiful place. It was actually installed, well, built uh, as far back as um, uh, the 1400s. So, um, or wait, wait, was that the other one? Because they have two fame, the San Miguel Chapel. Wow. Loretto Chapel is also beautiful. The San Miguel Chapel is more uh, unassuming. If you look up a picture, let me screen share. Yeah. Let's screen share with you. This episode's all over the place. I, I love it. Um, I've got, there, so I mean, there, there's some beautiful chapels. Um, How do I screen share? Oh, wait. Okay. Um, oh, you disabled screen sharing. Oh, hold on. Okay. Um, there we go. Okay. So, okay, let's turn it on. And we are going to start video soon. Uh, I just got to invest into a webcam. <laughs> That's literally the only thing stopping me. Yeah. Uh, I'm sharing screen now. Uh, so this, Colton. I, I'll show pictures of it because what else are we going to mm. do on this episode? Yeah. That is the San Miguel. Wait, how do I access? Yeah, that's the San Miguel Chapel. That's the one that was actually um, commissioned like 1458. Yeah. It's very early. Oh, no, 1610, not 1458. Oh. That was a little that was off, but sixteen ten. That's when it was actually completed and built, and that is actually my first time in going to a man-made structure that's like uh, almost five hundred years old. Yeah. So, and then the Loretto Chapel is um very you know Gothic inspired, European inspired, and it's a real Spanish chapel. Nice. Um, yeah, cha- chapels and cathedrals can be beautiful. I mean, uh, I mean, uh, ooh, that's a cool stained glass. Yeah, yeah. There, it's there's there's um cool. in in Pisa. Uh, you know, there's the Leaning Tower, which is cool, but yes, I highly recommend. It's right next to Leaning Pe- Leaning Pet Tower. There's a baptistry. And it says round. Oh yeah little round building and it is absolutely beautiful in there and you can go inside it really yeah oh here's I, a fun lamp meme oh that's a classic oh i like the one that just says lamp well uh, funny funny fact sometimes my phone autocorrects lmao to lamp. lamp. Hey. So I, <laughs> I I will text my girlfriend back trying to say LMAO, but it will autocorrect to lamp. lamp. So just every once in a while, she'll get a random lamp. Lamp. Pretty, pretty good stuff. That Anyways, uh, good. back to the back to the essay. Yeah. Um chapter 2.5 electrification and birth of electric lamps. Electricity. Damn. Late 19th century witnessed a groundbreaking shift with the introduction of electric lamps. Thomas Edison's development of the incandescent light bulb revolutionized lighting, offering a cleaner, more efficient, they're not efficient, and longer lasting alternative. I mean, I guess it's more efficient than lighting a fire. Fair enough. Yeah. And longer lasting alternative gas and oil lamps. The su- subsequent refinement of bulb materials and discovery of inert. And by the way, Tom Thomas Edison was just a businessman more than an inventor. Oh yeah, uh, he screwed Tesla. Um, screwed a lot he, of people. Screwed a lot of people over. A total yeah. douche. But sure, he gave us the <laughs> light bulb, so good enough. But he wasn't the only one to do it. But he capitalized on it. Yeah. Just just some facts for you. You know, one time in uh, elementary school, I watched this fucking cartoon that 
was propaganda. It was clearly American propaganda uh, <laughs> that just romanticized Thomas Edison. Oh, yeah. he was oh, he was a good guy, you know. He invented so many cool things. He invented the light bulb and he gave us electricity. Yeah. I uh, just look into it. Yeah. Look into it. <laughs> I have I have something here because I think we're this is a short episode. Uh we're running out of stuff. I think we're petering out. Um I to be honest. Maybe as a way to end this, I while we've been talking. As a callback to a, uh, I had an idea as a callback to an older episode. Since we've got ChatGPT up, I asked, Let's do some. I said to ChatGPT, yeah. I said, write me a scenario where Archduke Franz Ferdinand gets into a fight with a regular lamp. A regular a lamp. <laughs> okay. I tried it first. Here it we turned go. into Here a genie go. thing. And I was like, no, a regular lamp. No, I don't want a genie and thing. This is what it came up with. And uh, it's pretty, pretty good. In the Grand Palace of Vienna, Archduke Franz Ferdinand, known for his temper and eccentricities, found himself in an unexpected predicament. On this particular evening, he had become entangled in a fierce argument with a seemingly innocent, yet slightly crooked, regular lamp that adorned the corner <laughs> of his opulent study. The Archduke's frustration had reached his peak as he be- berated the lamp for what he perceived wow. as it's lack of proper illumination and it's audacity to cast shadows. So wait, wait, wait. All the wrong so places. Archduke Franz Ferdinand just yelled at a lamp. He's just yelling at a lamp. He's really angry with his lamp. Um, <laughs> by the heavens above, you can, yeah. you insolent contraption exclaimed the Archduke, his face reddening with anger. You dare defy me with your feeble glow and your impertinent ankles. The lamp, of course, Remain silent, casting a subtle, wavering light across the room. Its shade seemed okay. ever so slightly, as if mocking the Archduke's passionate tirade. This is this entire fucking section is going into a compilation. Okay, <laughs> yeah, this is one um, of the compilation ones. Um, in, enraged, Franz Ferdinand lunged forward flailing his arms in a futile attempt to wrestle rest control over the rebellious lamp. The room echoed with his shouts and the clatter of furniture as the archduke stumbled in his relentless pursuit of the lamp of lamp based dominance. In a particular dramatic flourish, Franz Ferdinand thrust his finger towards the lamp's power switch, aiming to extinguish the offend light once and for all. But fate had other plans. As he drew his finger near, he stumbled. He rolled in that one. Yeah, pretty much. He he's he stumbled over an ornate rug, losing his balance and crashing headlong into a nearby table, thus sending various trinkets and papers scattering in all directions. Whoa! The lamp. It was the lamp. Victorious in this absurd contest, remained standing. Its crooked shade casting an almost triumphant shadow over the fallen archduke. As Franz Ferdinand Whoa, groaned and attempted this. to untangle himself from the rug. It's the Pixar cast... lamp, right? No, this is just a regular lamp. I'm picturing the Pixar lamp. Yeah. That style. Uh, uh, uh he cast a, modern... a begrudging glare at the yeah. lamp. Well, well, you win this round, he muttered. <laughs> his pride wounded more than his body. And then he died? And so, in the annals of history, an unconventional battle was fought between Archduke Franz Ferdinand and a regular lamp. And the <laughs> lamp emerged as the unexpected victor, forever etching its name into the whimsical chapters of absurdity. So he got angry That's with a the lamp, went to turn it off, <laughs> slipped, hit his head, and got window. tangled in a rug. <laughs> Oh, he got tangled the red. I thought this was gonna be how he died. Oh no, no. no. Oh, but hey, that's great stuff. I think let's right. end it there. <laughs> Absurdity. That's the theme of this episode. Yeah. That was a weird episode, but and lamps, of course. Lamps. Lamps has to be in the title of this episode. Maybe it's just <laughs> lamps. Lamps. Or maybe it's just lamp. Anyways. Anyway. We will see you next week. Um, 
for another episode of the Odd Drunk Podcast. Hopefully, a normal one, quote unquote. Yeah, normal. We'll see. We'll and um, we're trying to get more creative, you know, to keep things fresh. Anyways, check us out at Odd Drunk Pod, Odd Drunk Pod on Instagram.com. And um, check out our link tree that has all the platforms that you would want to listen to. And you can give us a rating review on your podcast of choice or your podcast app of choice. And or, you know what? Give us a review on a different podcast. Uh, Colton drew a little heart. Nope. It's not a heart. <laughs> Anyways. Oh, and there. It's, it's not a heart. <laughs> it's that's it's definitely a lamp. It's a, a elongated uh, phallic lamp. Yeah, okay. On my screen. Anyways, we will see you next week. This is not a test. I repeat, this is not a test. The Odd Drunk Podcast recommends you follow their Instagram and join their Facebook group for more fun content. To visit all of our current streaming and social media platforms, visit the link tree in the description. If you enjoy the show, we would be appreciated if you would leave a review on Apple Podcasts. The Odd Drunk Podcast would like to remind you to drink responsibly and not to drink and drive. Okay Colton you can roll the outro now.